Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, Travis here from the show. Please indulge me for about 60 seconds so you can learn a little bit about our Patreon page. Patreon is a website that allows you to support us with tiny donations each month like you would do with payments with Netflix or Hulu. We put out Watching the Throne for free and dedicate lots of time to it outside of our full-time jobs. So any little bit helps us out. The ultimate goal is to make the show our full-time jobs and really focus on dropping music knowledge on you guys at an annoying rate. Uh, we have plans to establish a Kanye clothing line, obtain people close to Kanye for interviews, and even do more analysis on our website if we have the resources to do so. So if you would like to donate as little as $1 a month, head to patreon.com slash Kanye podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Kanye podcast and sign up. We have goals and rewards set up for everyone who donates, which will be our way of repaying you eventually. Thank you so much and stay wavy. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love, I don't get enough of it Jesus just rose again Listen to the kids Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and today we are talking with Ron Perita. Ron, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, uh, my name is Ron. I run a boutique creative agency in L.A. called RPV Creative. And uh, today, I mean, I'm on to talk about Kanye-isms, which is a, a bit of a personal project. Like, I'm a huge believer in doing passion projects, and uh, just as a fan of Kanye and someone who appreciate some of the things he says and thinks he's ridiculous in other ways. I just thought it would be a cool series to do. It's like a fun, you know, Instagram-based sticker animation type series, I'd say. And yeah, I'm super stoked to be talking to you about it. Yeah, I I saw it on uh, Instagram just, I mean, right before I contacted you, like a week and a half ago, and it was just cracking me up, like <laughs> going through all the posts and just being like, this is, I mean, these are all Kanye quotes that I've heard and love, but just the the animation that you have with the sticker animation, the little touches you do with the different videos each day I, was just highly, highly amusing. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. This The, the whole series was actually inspired by um, a guy who we work with. His name is Micah Stell, and uh, we bring him on for certain projects as a creative director for you know, different commercial gigs and, and whatever we have. Um, but I'm also just friends with him, and so we, we talk quite a bit, and he has this amazing creative style uh, for Instagram and, and it's very much that sort of sticker animation style. And I don't know what made I don't even know what made me do it, but it was just kind of one night I was just sitting around on my laptop, just messing around as usual and in, in Adobe Premiere. And I was just like, let me, let me see if I can put my spin on, on his creative style. You know, like I'm creatively, I think I'm really, really drawn towards like narrative and, and storytelling. 
uh, in a sort of linear format, if you will. And so I kind of took that style of like sticker animation and I tried to take quotes that I thought were interesting or inspiring and then make almost like a mini scene out of it. So not just have a talking head, but also bring in other elements. And I just, I don't know, I felt like, I would love to hear your thoughts on it, but that's what I felt kind of gave the success that it's seen so far from the community was the more the context, not just what he's saying. Yeah, because if it's just the quote, uh, that's one thing. And just to see like a, a head moving with a mouth, there's only so many of those that maybe people would be into before they just kind of get the gist of it. But when you're bringing in other elements, like uh, the latest one, you have Obama appearing <laughs> and you just <laughs> don't know where it's going to go each time. So you're getting quotes you love by an artist that you love, but then the little surprises of like what added touches you're going to throw in to round it out. Right, right. And it's really like to, to give you a little bit of background of why this is so interesting just for me as a creative. I mean, I... My my background, like what got me into, I, I guess, creativity, if you will, for lack of a better term, uh, was filmmaking. Like I love movies and film directors and like David Fincher is one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. Um, but so I've kind of grown up in this industry and, and been surrounded by creatives where in the film industry, it's a very long process. Everything is usually long form. Long form is viewed as better. You know, you spend years making one piece of content and then you get the rush once it's released. Um, for me, what's been super fun is just to get to sit down and like the way you said that you don't know where the piece is going to go when you're watching it. That's <laughs> how we make them. You know what I mean? It's like we find a quote. I'm like, oh, I think this has some legs. Like, what do I visualize when I see it? And like that kind of thing. And we just sit down, we just explore. And it's very like it's like a good four hour session per post. And that uh, sort of not instant gratification, but definitely smaller time span of gratification is, is something really awesome and interesting that, you know, I'm experiencing for the first time as a creative too. I, I think that's a, a really good point just for people doing projects. Like usually we think of the, the grandiose projects, right? The novel, the film, the, the album, uh, the painting that takes like years and years to like put everything together from sketches to, outlines to finally doing the various layering um, to find these little works that can be satisfying on like a day-to-day -day basis and build into something can be really satisfying I'll give you I'll give you a little more of, of how I think about that because I couldn't agree with you more but a huge thing for me is I'm super inspired by music and musicians and it's one of the big things is all I've always been jealous of has been the fact that musicians and producers and, and rappers and whoever, they have this, they have the luxury of being able to sit down and express themselves in that moment. So, you know, making music, like you make a beat live, right? You're like, this is how I feel. And you make it. And three hours later, you can look back and be like, okay, did I instill that emotion that I was feeling or wanted to communicate with, you know, writers like yourself, or you're writing, like you said, a novel, or, or if I was directing, you know, a 60 minute feature, it's such a time-consuming process that you don't, uh, like we talked about already, you don't get that gratification until like two years later. And so I've always been really, really jealous of musicians because of that. And so with the advent of social media and now, you know, all these interesting accounts coming up and just the way, the creative ways people use social media, I mean, it truly is like its own platform for art, a new form of art that we've never seen before. And I mean, I, I, I don't know, it's just been 
it's just been a really, really interesting, awesome process. And this has been my kind of way of of getting that same feeling, I guess, that maybe music producers or, or musicians get to experience, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah, and it's been uh, everything that you hoped for. <laughs> yeah, and then some. I got to be honest. Like I've uh, consulted like before, kind of starting the boutique agency. I, I consulted for a few YouTube channels, like larger channels, and you know, I've seen what kind of micro virality in those communities look like, you know, where, where the communities are hundreds of thousands of people, you know, super into tech or whatever it might be. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen this strong of a response. I want to say ever, but I'm, I'm sure there's been a time that I'm forgetting. But this is, in, in short, it's very impressive. Like the response from the community has been amazing and, and just super motivating. And I'm just like, okay, I just want to make more and more and more and more, you know. Yeah, which, I mean, as you said, it takes four hours for each session to kind of make one, and you're putting one out every day. I mean, to get that kind of feedback right away that's positive is very encouraging when it's something that's that time and effort, no matter how small it is, in t like relative to the larger like novel or feature film, um, getting that response right away is very motivating. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll give you a little secret. We actually uh, kind of cheated a little bit. We, uh, we're we not making them right now every day. We actually made a bunch up front. And uh, yeah, and, and the big, re I mean, to be honest, we're also running out now. So I'm going to have to <laughs> back, get, get back in the edit pretty soon. But what, what's been really cool about that is it's really allowed us to kind of explore and find the voice of the account and not necessarily have to worry about like, shit, what are we posting tomorrow? Shit, what are we posting the day after? It's like, okay, I, we know we have a ton of content, right? So how do we want to contextualize this? What do we want the captions to be like? How is the Instagram stories part going to interact with the page and the grid layout? Like these are all things we're, we're constantly thinking about. Can we make exclusive content for the stories uh, part of it that maybe leads into the feed and, you know, just exploring all that kind of stuff. So it's been really nice to have that freedom uh, because we have a bunch of them stockpiled. But like I said, we're coming to the end of that. So we got some, some new stuff coming, which is also going to be interesting because now we have a big sort of data pool of feedback, right? Like we have all these comments, we have all these like, like those kind of first 30 posts if or whatever it is, 20 posts were just created in a vacuum of just like myself and other creatives that I work with and partner with. We were just kind of like, it was all hands on deck and just like, we think this is cool. And so we came up with all these different types of, of posts and, and videos um, but now that we have a real audience who's listening and paying attention and interacting, this kind of second batch of content that we produce is is going to be informed and influenced by that feedback. So that's super exciting as well. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Like, I've, not only for you all getting the feedback and testing your creativity and seeing where you take it, but also for the people that have started following the channel that right. they don't know what's in store for them coming up. Um, and right that there's this next level that they're going to get in terms of the content. That's going to be cool to watch unfold. And, you know, what you're saying about this, uh, the community response so far, I think that's been one of the most shocking things because we've had this podcast for two and a half years now. And the swing that we've seen in Kanye as like a, I don't want to say commercial entity, but as like a pop culture entity as and, yeah as a brand in the zeitgeist and how people respond to him is so shocking these days having gone through being a kanye fan during like the vma period 
and right after Yeezus came out, where it's just all like criticism, criticism, criticism. But to right. see how many people are just like fans of the brand at this point and of like devouring anything that's Kanye related is really fascinating. Right. And I think a big thing that like I was set on doing with this project was like not judging Kanye. Like yeah, you said something really interesting there. Like from the beginning, there's always been like, I mean, I'm looking at his album catalog right now from, from college dropout to life of Pablo. Like there's been so many phases, um, obviously of his creativity, but m- more so even how the public views him. There was phases where they're like, Oh, he's the next, you know, he's the next Jay Z. He's amazing. He's this incredible rapper. And then like, Oh, this guy's so arrogant. Like what an asshole. <laughs> like, well, why is he doing this 808s and heartbreak? What's going on? Like, and then, you know what I mean? And it's just all these different phases. Um, but I've never been super interested in judging him because to me, it's like, you're just watching someone go through a creative journey of life and you can't really judge it. It's just different phases. Like people said they didn't like Jesus to be honest. I loved it because it might not be like, it might not be consumable by the masses. And it might, you know, you can, I'm sure you can nitpick and all that kind of stuff and be like, Oh, this is why it's not a good album. And this is why it's not a good album for me. It's how he felt at that time. And he expressed it. And to me, it communicated that feeling and that emotion. And so it was, it was like a creative success in in some forms for me in that sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And right there with you with like the mass appeal of Yeezus is, drastically different than that from college dropout or late registration but like we're not going to be writing a book on late registration or college dropout we're writing a book on yeezus because as you said it's this creative journey right it's it's so it yeah it's so uh, yeezus is like low-key one of my favorite albums like i don't say that too much in public because it starts all sorts of of controversy <laughs> that i don't want to get into um but that's also been really interesting by the way to see like from the community the people dming me like just saying, I don't know, being like, what do you think of this album? Like, I hate this album. I like that album. And I'm like, I'm just determined to keep the project right down the middle of like an honest, good, bad and ugly, inspirational, funny and stupid, you know, all 360 of like what he brings to the table as a human being. Because I think the most inspiring thing about him for me is that he's a person who lives life relentlessly as himself. And I think that's something we can all learn from. Um now, like, you know, from the Taylor Swift moment to, you know, countless other stupid moments. Yeah, it's it's probably not the greatest. And he's probably messed up in a lot of places where he was rude or disrespectful or whatever it may be. Um, but I still think there is something to admire there and someone who so fearlessly and kind of boldly lived their life. Yeah, absolutely. Because as much as, like, he's fucked up in the sense that, like, it wasn't necessarily the politically correct thing to do or the proper right. thing to do. He still has never done anything that's like harshly wrong, right? It's not like in right. Chris Brown territory. It's not in like right, Donna right, Karen right. remarking on Harvey Weinstein territory. Um, but there's that intensity that he brings to the table that a lot of people really do find motivating. It's it's just someone. It's seeing someone who wants it so bad. And we all relate to that feeling because we all want it so bad, whatever it is that we want, whatever that it is for each of us individually. But while most people go through their entire lives very scared of articulating it, um, 
he doesn't. You know, it's the same thing with like I don't know if you follow fighting at all, but Conor McGregor's been on this huge come up recently as a fighter. Mm-hmm. He the the reason people love and hate him is the exact same thing. He has his dream, like we all have our dreams. We all want certain things out of life, right? But it's the people who are unafraid to say it out loud and chase it and do it and fail in the public eye. I mean, I think there's you got to respect that. There's a huge, huge amount of risk with ego and just risk period that the, the person takes when they do those kind of things. And I think you just have to kind of admire it. I think that's very well said. Because um, it's something to where people will rejoice if they see that person fail because of the ego. But at the same time, there's so many people that connect to that drive and passion and find it motivating that it's, I don't know, it seems like personally it's a risk for them while also being something that they're giving to the public in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, and not to be like, I don't want to be negative or, or shit on anybody or anything like that. Cause you know, everyone's on their own journey and who knows what, you know, someone might come around 20 years later. But the truth is if you're celebrating somebody else's failure, it most likely is because you're just not focused enough on your own attempts at success. Usually that's what it is. You know, people who are, if you're really trying to live your life to the fullest and do things like, you know, you're trying to write your novel and, and do this podcast and whatever it might be. I mean, you're not going to, you know, be pumped like, guess who, guess who failed today? You know, it's just, <laughs> And we all do. We're all human. You know, we all give into a little bit of gossip every now and then. But I think it's important to just for me personally um, to kind of fight that as much as possible. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like we're all kind of in this together. Right. And the health of the whole probably means that there's more room for everybody to do what they want to do. Right. And see, that reminds me, like, just to kind of, I guess, loop it back to the Kanye thing is like it. You see that with him. If you look for it, you see a well-intentioned person who maybe isn't always – he's even said this before where he's like, I don't know how to communicate my ideas sometimes. Sometimes I come off too harsh. Sometimes I come off too abrasive. Uh, I think we can all relate to that, right? Like, But – the well-intentioned part, I think, is the is the important thing to focus on, like the seed. And that's a lot of what the page is about, too. It's like, if we can, I mean, I would love to use it to inspire people who, you know, maybe don't like Kanye West. Like, I know my girlfriend's uh, little sisters, for example, I don't think they like him, but I'm hoping that through this page, and I think, I think they're, like, seeing different sides and different perspectives, because we're able to take, like, small clips and put them in a vacuum, which they weren't before. You know what I mean? Something that was in the context of a two-hour interview might feel completely different. But when we pull out that gem and then make a little animation for it in 10 seconds, you're like, whoa, that was actually kind of insightful. Like, whoa, that was kind of inspiring. Whereas before, you may have been like, this guy's an asshole. Like, screw this, you know? Yeah. Because so much in the interview can color everything else that's being said. Um, right. Or you might not even be paying attention to, like, everything that's said in a 45-minute, hour, two-hour interview. So being able to give people that side of Kanye in something that's fun to watch rather than just like, watch this so you respect Kanye. <laughs> there's, the, there's the entertainment factor that just lets people come around on their own. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm hoping so. I mean, it's, it's, it's been doing great so far. Yeah, the, the increase in followers has been fun to see and just how many views everything is getting has been cool. Like, I... I, it's not my project at all, and I already feel like uh, it's fun to watch this thing grow and the work that you all do. So I'm uh, I'm very very much a fan and very appreciative. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. It's been uh, it's been it's felt very communal. I'll say like I've, we've done we've done content series before, and that feels very much like whether it's for clients or whether it's just internally for us. 
it's felt very much like, okay, we're just publishing this thing. Like we made this thing and here world, go watch it. And this feels different. It feels like a conversation. And I'm really trying to make it like that. You know, it's like we genuinely respond to every single DM that comes through, even if it's just with like a few emojis or something. But the point is, is like, we're here to talk and we're here to converse and to interact and not just, I I think there's a community here potentially. And I, I would love to cultivate that rather than just have it be this, we push content out, you consume the end. You know, I think there's more, there could be more to it and we're trying to strive for that. Good, good. Um, well, so getting into your story, eh? uh, when yep. when do you remember first encountering Kanye's music or becoming a fan of of Kanye? Yes, I briefly mentioned this to you before we, before we started. I, I don't remember how I even found out about it. I remember Jesus Walks was one of the first first hip-hop songs I ever heard. I was like 11 or 12, and my parents were super tight with how many songs I was allowed to buy on iTunes because 99 cents per song was ridiculous, according to them. <laughs> so that, uh, I believe, along with Candy Shop by 50 Cent, was one of the two first songs I ever bought. Uh, so that should, I mean, give you some context. And then from there, I mean, like everybody else, I've just I've just kept up with the music and just kept up with, you know, the movement, I guess, you know, from... You know, college dropout, late registration, graduation. 808s and Heartbreak was a big turning point for me. I was like, whoa, like, it's it, he's not just doing, he's willing to break boundaries in a way that at the time I hadn't seen from anybody else. Um, yeah, that's kind of where things started. That uh, 808s moment was such a divisive moment for the public because there were people that just really wanted Kanye to be the kind of artist that he had been. And right. a lot of people that even when graduation came out felt that that was uh, a strange direction for Kanye to take after late registration. Um, right. And then for 808s to hit, it seemed like such a such a moment where people that were casual fans either became like way more interested in him as an artist or way less interested in him as an artist. Right. I mean, for me, it was I was way more interested. I mean. I was like an emotional teenage kid. So I was like, this is amazing. You know, I was like, pressing stuff at the time. So I thought it was, I thought, I mean, until today, I think it's amazing. I think it's like out of his catalog because he has such a hip hop background. I think, I think 808s get slept on maybe a little bit because you have so many hardcore hip hop fans who are like, oh, college dropout, you know, because it brings a lot of nostalgia back for them. But from a standpoint of like, I don't know, innovation and just like kind of, I guess breaking his own mold, I, I think 808s is, to me, it's like one of my favorites off of his entire catalog. Yeah, there's something, if the mood is right, 808s can be one of the best albums of all time, just for like a certain vibe, right. a certain kind of day. You're yep. just like, holy shit, this is, this is everything I need to hear. Yeah, man. Yeah, especially just to, I guess, just a little recommendation to you and all the listeners is, uh, there's a live YouTube, uh, sorry, there's a live show he did that's on YouTube, and he does like uh, some live renditions of songs off 808s, and I, w- I would look it up, I think it was at the Hollywood Bowl, or the Rose Bowl, um, I might be getting that wrong, but it's incredible, it, it's even the live renditions of like Pinocchio Story and stuff like that, I mean, it's it's incredible, I'm a huge fan of that album. Was that the performance where he's wrapped up? And uh, the Pinocchio story performance where he's wearing, like, the suit. Yes. God, it's so fucking insane what he does for his performances. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, like, that's, you got to think about it. Like, 
if you've seen that video, if you haven't seen that video, I highly recommend you go see it. But you've seen it, Chris. And so, like, you got to think about, it, like, that's a hip-hop artist. How <laughs> crazy is that? That's a hip-hop artist in there with, like, like dressed up like that. Basically, it's, a, it's like a play is what that show felt like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, like, how out of the box is that? It, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the entire thesis that we have on the show is that Kanye's a narrative artist and that, like, four of his albums are like concept albums and it's just like seeing what he does with live performances, seeing what he does with music. There's just a a lot of creativity in that head of his. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. And and just courageousness. Very, it was a very cool show. Yeah. That's a, on Vimeo actually, there's a a whole hour and 17 minute video of uh, 808s and heartbreak live at the Hollywood bowl. Man, I'm going to go check that out after then. Yeah. That's a, you know, that might that might be a good way to spend a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so that's when you became a fan of uh, Kanye's music, and then you got into 808s and Heartbreak, and then Yeezus hits. Um, was Yeezus then uh, an album that resonated with you right away, or is it something that kind of built slowly over time? Yeah, I loved Yeezus, man. Like every, like I wasn't as loud about it at the time because I was confused because I was just why does everyone hate them so much? But yeah, I loved it, man. Like like I said, I was a, I had a decent amount of like angry teenage angst about me, and I think that lives with you for the rest of your life. I think you can always relate back to that. And Yeezus to me was like punk rock, you know. It was like really just like I, I love I loved the abrasive sounds and the just the sheer aggression in in the album. It was just so unapologetic, and I was. I was a huge fan of it, man. Like the people who I saw not liking the album were like hip hop heads. Uh, I've never been a hip hop head. I'm just a fan of art and artists, whether it's their musicians or painters or, you know, sculptors or architects or whatever it is. And I think it's just cool watching people bring their creative vision to life. And I think he, like I said, I, I measure, I measure the quality of an album off of how well did the artist communicate the idea that they were trying to communicate. And I, to me, I think he did it well, um, and so I enjoyed it for that reason. I think that's I think that's perfectly said, and that's been a lot of uh, the conversations. We're on the Kanye subreddit a lot, talking with people about the various albums, and uh, just on Twitter talking with people about uh, Yeezus versus Kanye's discography, or like the newer Kanye versus the older Kanye. And I think what you said about hip hop heads. Uh, preferring the older stuff versus the newer stuff, I think seems to really be that dividing line. Right. I mean, that's just human nature though, right? Like everyone wants to look back and be like, Oh, I remember the good old days when so-and-so was happening. Right. But like, I think it's, I don't like you said the, the old Kanye and the new Kanye, like I really reject that idea. I think it's just your person and you're, you're an artist and you're living life and you're going through different phases and not, you know, he says, and many artists say this, that their albums are soundtracks to their life and to all of our lives in many ways, right? Like, how can you expect the soundtrack to someone's life to be the same from when they're 22 to when they, like, have two kids? And, like, you know what I mean? It's such a different – It's they're a completely different person at that point, right? So, like, I wasn't mad or frustrated that it was different at all. It kind of caught me off guard, and I was like, whoa, this is – this is kind of weird, you know? And I, I definitely think it's hard listen. I think it definitely challenges you as a listener. Like, you have to be in a certain uh, mental, emotional headspace, but – I love that he did that. I love that he had all this clout. I mean, the timing of it, too, was insane. It was right after Watch the Throne, right? So, I mean, he was, like, at the, the at the peak of, like, okay, this is what Kanye is, right? And, again, just like he did with 808s, he goes and he, he breaks that perception. 
Yeah, he was writing on such a high following My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and Watch the Throne. And it's just like, look at Kanye. Like, this is what he does. Man, like, can't wait for the next album that's going to be so, like, pleasing. (laughs) I remember that. I remember remember the hype before Jesus came out. Yeah. One of the craziest things, too, um, which I think might be my favorite... One of my favorite Kanye moments is that Yeezus came out in June of 2013. And in February of 2013, Kanye gave a concert and he was singing Touch the Sky, which is one of his like most cheerful, positive, like happy-go-lucky songs. And he extended the outro to the point where he's just screaming <laughs> Touch the Sky at the end. And it just goes into guttural screams. And then the song ends. And at the time, people were just like, what the fuck was that? Like, I guess that's just a random way for him to end the album. But it lines up perfectly with the aesthetic of Yeezus and just seems like such a foreshadowing of Yeezus that nobody would be aware of or even think about by the time the album comes out. But he was thinking about it. Right. I mean, he was showing you where his headspace was, right? Mm-hmm. Even interpreting an, an older song that, like you said, is much more joyful, but kind of channeling it through his frustration at the time with you know with whatever it was and you know you can think that frustration was right or wrong or justified or not but regardless he definitely communicated it (laughs) yes he did um so favorite uh kanye moment for you as just uh you know kanye in the public space or something that kanye's done oh man (laughs) a kanyeism that's your favorite yeah, I'm like, you would think I'm the right person to ask about them. Actually, I think I'm the wrong person. I like, I, I've seen so many. I'm just like, um, I think, I think in general, my favorite, I can't point to like a specific moment. There's a lot of funny ones. Like there's so many funny ones. Like the Sway moment was hilarious and classic. And, um, you know, there's a lot of funny bites here and there, but to me, just me individually as a creative, as a person who, uh, you know, has has goals and wants to achieve whatever I want to achieve. Uh, to me, the most inspiring ones were the interviews that came out kind of after he had his first set of interviews with like Zane Lowe and the Breakfast Club, where he just lost his shit at, in every single interview. Um, after that, I remember he came around and did another series of interviews where he had kind of calmed himself down. And, you know, was still confusing in some spots, but was really articulating himself much better. And those interviews was really like, oh, there's an interview on Time Magazine, uh, YouTube, uh, on Time Magazine's YouTube that they did. That was a super inspiring, very, like, simple distillation of, of what he's about as a person and what he's trying to achieve. And it was just super genuine and really inspiring to me as a person. That's, I'm going to have to, I don't think I've ever watched the Time interview, so that's one that I'm going to have to go back and watch and because yeah when Kanye is like his most eloquent it's really beautiful to hear what he has to say and even when he's not his most eloquent he still brings out these moments that you're just like now that's a that's either like a funny like how house way how but yeah <laughs> there's still like a core ideas to what he's saying it's just like yeah that's that's fascinating right exactly but, but I just personally enjoy the the slightly more slowed down and articulate Kanye, just in context of having had that ranty Kanye where he was just running around and yelling at everybody. Um, <laughs> it was nice after that to get a little more cooled down, some more genuine and honest perspective was, was really nice for me. 
And that's uh, reading interviews with other people about Kanye. It seems that a lot of the time that slowed down version is who he is behind the scenes. Sure. Um, which it's interesting to then wonder if like how much of him freaking out is like performance or just like genuinely him or where that comes from. Right. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I heard in an interview, someone said, some designer had said that he's one of the best listeners. Like he loves listening. And I was like, really? Like, I don't think the average person would guess that based on his public persona. Mm -mm. No, they'd be like, he probably just talks and talks and talks. Right. Exactly. But I I mean, I guess like you said, that might be more of who he actually is, is is sitting back and listening and learning. I mean, look, you have to be like at the end of the day, say what you will. He's a very successful person. He's achieved a lot. And so you can't I'm just a big believer that you can't like cheat the system for that long. You know, if you're not doing something's right, if you're not a good listener, if you're not looking to learn, if you're not working hard, if you're not looking to improve like these core, these core sort of tenets to success, if you're not you know, deploying them effectively, I just don't think you can have, you know, this incredible 10 plus year career that he's had. No, not at all. I think what you're saying, uh, you can't cheat the system is a very accurate response. And that's a, that's tend to how tend to be how I view the the Kardashians as well. Like, despite what everybody says about them, the fact that they've not only stayed in the public eye for this long, but continue to expand their influence and expand how much money they make. Um, that's not necessarily a fluke at that point. Right. I mean, I, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. I used to be a massive, massive hater of the Kardashians because I was just like, what, what? I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand it. Um, but I'd say one of the big things for me as a creative and what's allowed a series of Kanyeisms to even happen, uh, a maturing process for me has been not judging as much what the reality is, but rather accepting it and seeing you know, what do I want to accomplish in this reality and, and how can I use uh, sort of these pieces and the, the reality that exists, like people, what do people like? And, you know, ra- rather than being mad at trends, accepting them, right? Like you look at artists like Andy Warhol or something, right? They really, they really accepted what their world was. They embraced commercialism and, and used it to say whatever they wanted to say. They didn't run away from it. And I, I think I definitely struggled with that as a creative for a long, long time. Uh, you know, if you had asked me probably three years ago, would I have made a series like this? I, I wouldn't have believed it. I'd be like, this is ridiculous. Like, I would never do that. <laughs> I throw content video series of like poorly animated videos of Kanye West's head. Come on, that's such low hanging fruit. And I would have judged it and, and thought it was lowly in whatever way, right? And I just think that's such a bad mentality to have. And I absolutely was was a victim to it. So what you said about the Kardashians, I'm, I'm very much on board, which is they're not my favorite. Um, but they, they are incredibly successful and they have a ton of attention and, you know, it it is what it is and there's some value they're bringing to people there and, you know, it's better just to focus on, I guess, whatever, whatever you want to achieve individually rather than spending time and on hating and and judging that. And that outward, as we're saying earlier, um, that that outward judgment or hatred usually comes from like, uh, an inner place of, frustration or anxiety Uh, as you said when you change your attitude towards i'm not going to i'm not going to judge and then you start pursuing projects that you may not have expected yourself to pursue in the past and Mm -hmm. then you find how fulfilling they can be how interesting they can be 
how creative they can be in and of themselves. And uh, everything you just said about um, being able to use commercialism as a way to say what you want as an artist still, um, you're doing with this series. I mean, yeah, I'll give you I'll give you two other examples of the exact same thing. Um, Kanye, when he came out, sampling was viewed by a lot of people as like, oh, you're just taking somebody else's song. You're not actually making shit. You're not a creative. Right. And and it's, it's again, it's a, such a closed minded way of thinking about music and what music can be and what art can be. Um, I didn't think that about sampling, but I've definitely thought that about film before. You know, I'll see movies and be like, oh, this is just like such low hanging fruit or that's not art. That's not real. I don't respect that. Right. And like, I don't know, I guess there's a bit of hipsterism, like if that's a word in it. Um, but I think the other. I totally lost my train of thought. But yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get the point. Yeah, <laughs> I get I I get it. I get it. Um, so favorite Kanye album, then safe to say Yeezus. I don't have a favorite. I mean, do I have to pick a favorite? No, one? no, you don't. You don't have to pick. I'm just much more interested in the journey. Like I did the whole the whole thing. The catalog means so much more. Like I'm a big fan of artists who take you on a journey. Like Childish Gambino is another one of my favorite artists. Kid Cudi's amazing. Um, I love artists who bring you on a journey and creatively challenge you as a listener. And they say, Hey, what about this? And now what about that? So to me, the catalog as a whole means a lot more than the individual pieces. You know. I think that's a great way of <laughs> discussing that and because so many people are like, well, this one's the best, this one's the best. And just be like, yo, if you look at the catalog and the journey that that catalog takes you on, just enjoy that. Cause they all are part of this emotional journey that you go on. Yeah. Yeah. Best is like best and worst and number rankings are just a very sectioned off way of judging, you know, something that really, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, of course they should be judged. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't mean to say that people shouldn't be reviewing albums or shouldn't judge albums. Like, of course, go, go ahead. I guess share your opinions. Right. But, uh, just to me personally, like I find different things in the entire catalog of, of many artists, right? Like if you did Cuddy for a quick example, he has tons of albums where people are like, Oh, that was a shitty album, but there are songs on, on those shitty albums that I like that I'm like, Oh, that's an interesting take on something else. You know, I'm like, Whoa, that's pretty cool. Like people hated Indicud, Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, th I think there's songs on there that are good, too. Yeah. And I think it shows you, you know, maybe what he was struggling with at the time. Maybe musically he wasn't able to communicate what he wanted to. And I think that's also worth knowing. Right. Like financially, as long as those artists can survive, it's all good. I, but I want to hear those the ups and the downs and the, you know, maybe it's just because I'm a creative myself. Right. Like I relate to it or or I can pull inspiration from it. Um, but that's kind of how I approach it. That's a really interesting notion, because. So much of Cuddy's recent discography was really condemned or given a, a mixed response. But knowing now what we know about how he was feeling, what he's going through, if you put on the albums and just listen and listen, not as like somebody that just wants music to put on, but as somebody that's like paying attention to Cuddy and viewing these as Cuddy's journey, those albums suddenly have much more power. Right, exactly. And I mean, you call me a fanboy for this, but there are certain artists who, even if they make a bad album, I won't judge them for it because, and again, maybe I've just bought into their persona or their brand or their whatever it may be. I truly believe 
artists like Kanye, like Cuddy, like Childish Gambino, you know, insert whoever. There's a ton of other artists who do the same thing. I think they genuinely, of course they want to make money. Of course they want to make platinum selling records. Of course they want financial and commercial success. But each and every single time, they also take tremendous risk to try and push the envelope and make you learn something about like, I before hearing Speeding Bullet to Heaven, I never ever knew that I would even listen to music like that. And it literally took me a year and a half to even be like, oh, there's some good tracks on here. But <laughs> I appreciate him as an artist pushing me as a listener into that space where I was like, I've, I, I never would have listened to anything like that had it not been for that album, you know? And so I'm more so, I'm a big fan of artists, less albums. You know what I mean? I like what artists represent uh, much more than, than just the music itself. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Huh. That's uh, I'm gonna have to go listen to Cuddy's discography now. <laughs> yeah. And just with yeah. that perspective. Um, well, so not to judge or rank them, but some of your favorite Kanye songs, like say maybe five. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, here, let me see some of my favorite Kanye songs. Uh, Father Stretch My Hands, part one part one and two are amazing. So you can consider that as one or two songs if you'd like. Uh, let's see off of, I'm going to like pick one from a bunch of different albums. Uh, welcome to heartbreak off of it. It's a heartbreak. I think is amazing. Yes. Only one. I think, I think it's weird that that never made an album. It was just like this kind of weird in between single thing, but I think that's a, a classic of a song that everybody can appreciate and enjoy. Um, and then off watch the throne. Ooh, so many good ones. Uh, <laughs> new day, new day is really good. And then I'll pick one off Yeezus. Ooh, see when Yeezus first came out, blood on the leaves was my favorite, like many people. Cause it was the most like sort of listenable one. I'd say I'm in it is actually my favorite song off of Jesus. Um, but is that five? I think so, right? Yeah, that's a, a very solid five. I'm in it is so underrated. It's, yeah. It's such a, a hectic and chaotic song, but there's so much emotion that comes up throughout that thing. Yeah, man. The best workout song, too. Gets you pumped <laughs> up. Yeah, lift the whole gym. It's great. <laughs> lift the whole gym. Yeah, especially when it gets into that final, like, montage of phrasing i don't even know the the outro you're just like yeah i can do anything anything exactly damn man you make me want to go listen to it right now (laughs) i'll pop a wheelie on a tron bike um (laughs) well i think that uh i think that completes the story any uh any final kanye words you want to say uh no man it's it's just been it's fun it's i'm having fun and you know if anybody any of your listeners want to go check out the page it's just it's kanye underscore isms it's we're on facebook we're not promoting the facebook at all though we're mainly posting on instagram facebook's really an afterthought for now so if you want to keep up with it please do and uh if anybody wants to drop us a dm we'll for sure respond and we'll chat about about kanye stuff uh and or anything else for that matter but but thanks for having me chris this is awesome yeah thanks for coming on ron Awesome. Cheers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.